Yeah, we start the Gemara today in the top of Dav Gimel Amad Aleph, four lines from the top of the page. Maishna. So the last point we learned yesterday was that when it comes to the mitzvah of Oilas Ri'iyeh, to bring the carbon Ri'iyeh, so then a person, even that if he's only deaf or only mute, he's potter. But when it comes to the mitzvah of Shalmei Simcha, to bring the carbon Shalom for the Simcha of Yantif, so over there, a person that's either deaf or mute is going to be Chayev. A person that's both deaf-mute, which is what's usually called a cheresh in the language of Chazal, then he's going to be potter. So Gemara now explains the source for this difference. I mean, usually, regarding all mitzvahs of the Taira, only if you're a real cheresh, deaf-mute, then you're potter. So what we need to explain is why when it comes to Eilis Ri, is it different? That if you're either a deaf or a mute, you're still going to be potter. What's the difference that when it comes to the Eilis Ri, even a deaf or a mute is also going to be potter? And why, when it comes to the carbon of Shalmi Simche, are you going to be Chayiv? So the Gemara explains, the answer is, because when it comes to the carbon of Eilis Ri'iyeh, we learn out the Ri'iyeh that it says here by this carbon, from the Ri'iyeh that it says by Hakel. What does it say by Hakel? Hakel is Ha'anoshim va'anoshim va'taf. You gather the, the, the whole nation, the men, women, and children, Oksiv, and there in the Pasuk it says, kol Yisrael that all Yidin come to see the Eibishter. So because it says there the term Lira'is, and it says here by the mitzvah of, uh, to come to be Eil Regal, and the Eil Esri also says the term Yeira'a so we compare the two expressions of Ri'iyeh, that just like by Hakel, as the Gemara is going to learn out right now, that by hakel, if a person is either deaf or mute, he's potter, so too, when you get to the carbon of Eilis Ri'iyeh, we learn not from hakel, the term Ri'iyeh, Ri'iyeh, you'll be potter as well. In fact, the Gemara of Ahasam, Inalan, and over there, by a hakel, how do we know that a person that's either deaf or mute is potter? Because the Pasuk there says, that you come to hear the king read from the Sefer Taira and to learn. Tanya, we learned Nabraisa what these two psukim teach us, Laman Yishmu, when it says that you hear Pratlamadabavenishimeya. So that comes to exclude a person that can talk but can't hear. When it says Laman Yilmudu, that excludes a person that could hear and can't talk. So we see that from by Hakal, person that's deaf or mute is potter. So we learn out the same thing that you potter. What did it say over here that Laman Yilmudu? comes to exclude a person that can, can hear, but he can't talk. So it sounds like that a person that can hear, but can't talk, can't learn. And that, that's why we're excluding him from Laman Yilmudu. He, he can't learn, so he's potter. So we say, a person that is a mute, he can't learn. But for Hohanu Trey Ilmi, there were these two people that were both mute. The Havabish Vivusi, the Rabbi, they were in the neighborhood of Rabbi, and they were Bnei Brate, the Rabbi Yechenem ben Gudgeda. They were the nephews of Rabbi Yechenem ben Gudgeda. Vamrila, others say Bnei Achse, the Rabbi Yechenem. Others say that they were also nephews of the son of the daughter of Rabbi Yechenem. And the Cholemis, the Havaayl, Rabbi Limbe Medrasha. Whenever Rabbi came into the Bismedrish, Havaayl, the Yasvi Kamayu, they would come and sit in front of Rabbi, and they would sit and listen to him and shake their heads. Like their understanding. And they would like be moving their lips, but they couldn't talk. And then what happened? The boy Rabbi Rachmi Alayu, Rabbi Davant for them, and they were healed and they were open their mouth, they were able to talk. And and it was discovered that they were very proficient, they knew all the halachas of the Mishnayis and Sifra, Sifri, all the Medrashim on the Teireh, and the Kulish Hashas. 
and the entire Shastinu, or there's another gear says it, Kula Talmuda. So we see that even a person that can hear but can't talk is able to learn very well. So how can we say that in the Pasuk Laman Yilmudu that it comes to exclude a person that could hear but can't talk? Why, why, why he can't learn? He could learn. So the Quran says, Amma Mazutra, yes, the Kribei, way you have to read the Pasuk is, Laman Yilamdu, not Laman Yilmudu that you're going to learn, but Yilamdu, to teach. That's what the Pasuk means. And therefore a person that's mute can't teach. Ravashi Omar, Ravashi now comes and says, Vadai Laman Yalamduhu. That the, when that posik, when it says Yilmudu, definitely you're going to have to change the, the, the pronunciation and read it Yilamdu teaching, even without the question that we just asked from the, the story of the two people that are able to learn without being able to talk. But even if you just look into the Pshat of the Pasik itself, it's clear that you have to change it from Yilmudu to Yilamdu, like the answer of Mazutra. Why? He explains. If you're going to say Laman Yilmudu, that all it means is Laman Yilmudu, that one that you're coming to learn, not Yilamdu to teach, you're coming to learn. So now, and what are you saying? And then you'll tell me that someone that can't talk is not able to learn. So if so, if someone that can't talk is not able to learn, so then you could say as well, So someone that's not able to hear is for sure not able to learn, right? If, you, if someone that can't talk, we consider him to be someone that can't learn. If you can't hear at all, how is he going to learn? So for sure he can't learn. So if so, the question in the Pasuk itself is going to become, So if so, I could already learn out from Laman Yishmu that a person that can't hear, can't learn, that, that he's part to that is, because it says Laman Yishmu, that he has to be able to hear. So if you look in the Pasuk itself, it's extra. Why does it have to say Laman Yishmu and Laman Yilmudu? I could already know from Laman Yishmu that this person can't, is, is, is potter. Or I could learn from Laman Yilmudu alone that this person that can't hear is potter. So why do I have to have both? Since it already says Laman Yishmu, when it says Laman Yilmudu, it doesn't mean Laman Yilmudu, because that I already learned out from the, before, but it means Laman Yilamdu, even a person that can talk. But again, he can hear that is, but he can't talk, but he can't teach. If he can't talk, he can't teach, and that's enough of a reason that he should be potter. So this is the source by Hakel, that a person that's either a deaf or a mute cannot, <coughs> is, is, is potter from the mitzvah of Hakel, and from there we learn out for the Ri'iyah, for the mitzvah of Ri'iyah, to come to the base of Mikdash and to bring the Ri'iyah as well, that if you're either deaf or mute, you're going to be potter. So when you come to the base of Mikdash to bring a cup and simcha, yeah. You have to come for, from for the but I don't know if he has to, the carbon of, the, sorry, the mitzvah of Ri'i is two mitzvahs. He has to appear in the Azar itself, he has to enter into the Azar itself, and he has to bring a special carbon or Eila. The person that's only bringing a Shalmi Simcha, Labdafki has to come into the Azar, and he doesn't have to bring that special carbon of Eila Shriya. Yeah, he doesn't have to come into the Azar. A person that's just deaf on one ear is also potter in the He's also going to be potter from coming to the, the, the Azara and bringing a Dayal Shanemar, because the Pasuk by Hakel says Bozneim, that they are going to listen to the Taita that's read with their ears. And he uses the plural term, Bozneim. They have to, have, hear, to be able to hear with both ears. Like the Gemara, Vahai Bozneim, but this term Bozneim, Mi we need this for the simple shot of the Pasuk, which means Bozneim, the Kul Yisrael. That when the king reads from the Torah, he reads in the ears of all the Eden. It doesn't come to teach you that you have to have both a hearing in both ears. 
Answers the Gemara, Hahu mineged kol Yisrael nafke. This that the king reads for all a klal Yisrael, we learn from what the Pasuk says, that he reads it for all kol Yisrael. So Aznehem is referring to every individual, that he has to have both ears, that he hears on both ears. In fact, the Gemara, no, but neged kol Yisrael is not a source for this, because imi neged kol Yisrael, if it would say, mineged kol Yisrael, hava minaf agav shami. I would think that this is even if they don't hear. Kasav rachmane ba'aznehem, v'hu deshami. So therefore the Torah writes Ba'aznayim to come and tell me that, yeah, that the, every individual is chayiv to be there only if he can hear. So, but how do you know that it means that he has to be able to hear with two ears? So the Gemara answers, no, but ahumi laman yishmu nafke. We already said that you learn not from laman yishmu that the person has to be able to hear. So therefore when it says Ba'aznayim, it's coming to say that he has to be able to hear with both ears. And from Hakel, we learn out that the same applies to Ri'iyah as well, that only if you can hear with both ears are you chayiv in the mitzvah of Ri'iyah. Another statement, Amr Abtanchan said, <coughs> A person that's lame with one foot, there's one foot that's not uh, healthy. Potter Meneria, he's also Potter from uh, coming to the base of Mikdash. Shanamad, the Pasik says, Rigolim. When it speaks about coming to the base of Mikdash for the Yamim Tavim, right, so it always says the term Rigolim, Oyle Rigolim, Shalish Rigolim, Tachik Libashana. Okay, so that's the source, and Rigolim is a plural term. You have to be able to walk with both of your feet healthy. But this term, the golem, that it says, I would need this to teach me prat, labali, kavin, that this excludes a person that is, is missing a leg and he has an artificial uh, leg. Not, not a person that, that uh, has, a, has his feet, but, but it's just not healthy and he's, he's, he's limping. But it's a labali, kavin, a person that, that's missing a leg altogether. That's what a golem teaches me. So the Gemara says, No, I don't need a golem for that. Haho, mi pa'omim nafke. Tate also, when it talks about being oil regal, <coughs> so it says in the Pasik, Shalaish Pa'amim Bashana, three times a year you should come. So and now the Gemara says, the Tanya we learned Pa'amim, when it says in the title the term Pa'amim, and Pa'amim El Regalim. The term Pa'amim means the feet of the person. Hmm? Even though the simple pshat of the term Pa'amim means times, three times, but nevertheless the Gemara Dashin is that it refers to the feet of a person. Where do we see this? There's a Lashon that it says in the Pasik, Termasna Regel, Ragle Oni, the feet of a poor person, Pa'ame Dalim, the footsteps of a poor person. So we see Pa'ame, Pa'ame means the footsteps of a, the, the, the feet of a, of a poor person. And Vaimer, there's another Pasik, Mayofu Pamayach Banaolim Basnadif. How beautiful are your feet and your shoes, the, the daughter of Nadiv. So again we see that Pamayach means feet. So therefore when it says in the Torah, Shalish Pa'amim, that's coming to teach me that only a person that has two feet is obligated to come to the Beis HaMikdash. And then when it says again, Regalim, it's coming to teach me that not only does he have to have two feet, but both feet have to be healthy. And he shouldn't be a Chiger, a lame, even with one foot. Now the Gemara brought this pasuk here, Mayafu Pamayach Banolim Bas Nadiv, which is actually talking about the Yidin being Oile Regal, so it's going to dash and explain this pasuk. Darish Rave, so Rave dash and then explained. My dechsev my yofu pamoyach banalim bas nadev. What's the pshat of this pasuk? Kama noin ragleim shal Yisrael. How beautiful are the feet of the Yidden b'shah shoylin leregel at the time when they come to be oyleregel to the beis hamikdash. Bas nadev. What does this term bas nadev mean? Bitei shal Avram Avinu. This is the daughter of Avram Avinu, the descendant of Avram Avinu. Shenikren nadev, which is called a nadev. Avram was called a generous one. Shanemar Nidive Amim Nesafu, the generous ones of Yidin, they gather together, Am Elekei Avram, the nation and the God, the God of Avram. 
So it says over here in the Pasuk, Nidive Amim. Who are these Nidive Amim uh, referring to? So this refers to the Gatim, to all the Gatim that come as well. As Gemara is going to explain now. It says here that is the, only the term that Abish is Lekei Avram and not Yitzchak and Yaakov. Ella, the answer is, The reason it says is because in this Pasuk it refers to the fact that all the converts, the Gedim, also joined the Eden to be Eile Regal, and the Gedim are considered to be the descendants of Avram, because Avram was the first of all the Gedim. Rav Kahane Dorash, Rav Kahane Darshant, Rav Nosen, Bar Minyoimi, Mishum Rav Tanchum. Uh, sorry, Amr Rav Kahane, Rav Kahane said, Dorosh Rav Nosem Bar Minyoni Mishum Rav Tanchum. This is an unrelated drasha, but it's also in the name of Rav Tanchum. Ma'idachsev, what's the meaning of the Pasuk where it says, Vahaboy Rei came by Mayim. The pit was empty when they threw Yosef into the pit, but it had no water. Mimash Mashanema Vahaboy Rei, it says that it was empty. Any day shame by Mayim. So don't I understand that it had no water in it? Ella, what does it mean? Mayim ain't by Avonachashen Vahakravim Yeshboy. There was no water in there, but there were snakes and scorpions in there. The Rebbe spoke about this Gemara uh, once, Bariches, it's in Chelek Tezvav, in the Hanukkah Sikhe, and there the Rebbe explained that what this means is that it's talking about Teira as well. When a person's mind is empty of the water of Teira, what happens? And all the snakes and scorpions fill up a person's mind. As long as a person fills his mind with Teira, and especially the Mayim of Teira. What's the Mayim of Teira? person that learns Teira, connecting to the Naisna Teira, the Bittal to Teira, just like it says regarding water, that water flows from a high place down to a low place. When a person learns Teira properly, so then all the snakes and scorpions that could enter into a person's mind are out. And when they're not, then they find their way back in. There was a story with these two Tanoim, they went to greet their Rebbe, Rabbi Yeshua, in Pekin. Rashi says it was on Yontif, and a person is obligated to go and greet his Rebbe on a Yontif, and they went to greet him. So Rabbi Yeshua said to them, What Chiddush was there in the Bismedrish today? So they said to him, We are your students, and we drink your waters, and uh, we didn't come to tell you our Chiddushim, we want to hear from you. So he said to them, No, nevertheless, I want to hear what uh, there was in the today in the It's impossible that there shouldn't be some novelty in the Bismedrish today, and I want you to share with me what that was. So they answered him, or actually he asked them, Shabbos shall mihaisa. The week this week, who, whose week was it to darshan the Bismedrish? They took a rotation and then, uh, that the different Tanoyim were darshaning the Bismedrish. They wanted to know who was it that darshaned that week. So he answered him, Shabbos, Sharab Lazab and Azariah Haisa. That was the week that Rablazab and Azariah was darshaning. So he asked them, So what did he darshan today? So they told him, He darshan today in the parsha of Hakal, which we spoke about before. And what did he darshan in the parsha of Hakal? So he darshan as follows. Hakel is noshim The mitzvah of hakel is to gather the men, women, and the children. Seim If the men are coming to learn, as it says in the pasuk, leman yilmedu, and noshim boys l'shmoya, and the women are coming to hear, as it says in the pasuk, leman yishmu, taf What are the children coming for? So the answer he said is kedelitin schar to give reward to those that are bringing the children. They're bringing along the children, so the ones that they're bringing them get reward for this. There's an interesting taste to see if you look at the last taste on the Yamid. He says, This is the source to bring children to the shul. 
Okay, so every child has, you have to be able to make. Of course, if the children are too uh, noisy, you have to know what to do with them. But uh, this is the source to bring children to shul. There's a sikha from the Rebbe about this piece of Gemara here, that uh, about Litten Scharlem um, Vivien. And the Rebbe explains that when it comes to Hakel, there's two different aspects to the mitzvah of Hakel. There's the mitzvah of Hakel from the king's perspective, it's really the king's mitzvah. He has the mitzvah to gather everybody. So as far as the king is concerned, he has a mitzvah to gather all of Kla Yisrael, men, women, and children. And mitzvah it's not because they're going to learn or listen or get to give schar. It's the king's mitzvah to gather all of Kla Yisrael and to speak to them, similar to the way it was by Matan Teireh, that all Yidim were present. Now, in addition to the king's mitzvah, every individual Yid has also his mitzvah to come, and to come for a certain purpose. The men to come for a purpose to learn, the women to come for a purpose to hear, and the children to come for the purpose to give schar to those that are bringing them. But the point that Rebbe, in the end of the sikha there, it's a sukkah very gishmak the Rebbe finishes off and says, you see, Hakka was a unique thing that all the Klai Yisrael was present, you don't find this in any other time, it's mamish similar to Matan Teira. And it, the point is, when you have all the Klai Yisrael together, even the little children, so we're not only talking about a revelation or, or a, a level of Teireh that you could understand, but we're talking about the essence of Teireh, the Amunah of Teireh, the Kabbalah Sail of Teireh, that's even for children. And the Rebbe's Medayik, the Lashen Taf. Taf doesn't only mean children. Taf means even mamish babies that were just born. Everybody had to come, everybody was present by the time when the Melech read the Teireh. Dr. Gemaris and Ahara de Rabbi Yeshua respond to when he heard this drasha. So he told the students, You had such a good, precious gem in your hands, this drasha. And you wanted to have me lose this, that I should lose the opportunity to hear this. Another drasha, that this is going back to Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah, that he darshaned in his week, it was his week to darshan. So he darshaned as well. It says in the Pasuk, You have praised Hashem. Tzarashi teaches the word Hamarta here. And Hashem has praised you. You have made me into one unique being in the world through your praise. And I will also make you into one unique existence in the world by praising you. What does this mean? How do you make the Ebesha a unique existence? The Pasuk says, When you proclaim Shema Yisrael. The Ebesha says, I will make you into a unique existence in the world. The Pasuk says, And who is like your nation, the Eden? Right, so this is also the famous Medrash that says, that it says in the Ebesha's Tefillin. In our Tefillin it says Shema Yisrael. And in the Ebesha Tefillin it says, Mikam Yisrael, who is like the Eden, the nation in this world. So there's also a Rikh Zegem from the Rebbe on this, a Maimah from Havaya Amarta, Chayel Tavshin Malaf, I think it is. And the Rebbe talks about this in Yimbarich Zegedayla. One of the Rebbe says there in the Maimah is, there's a simple question on the Pashat Pshara the Gemara here. What does this mean that we make the Ebesha into one? The Ebesha is one. To say that the Ebesha makes Eden, takes us apart from all the nations of the world, he chooses us, that's understood. But that we make the Ebesha into one. So the Rebbe answers, yeah, of course the Ebesha is one. But to reveal and draw down that achtos of the Ebeshter in the world, that it should be sensed in the world below, that's what Yidin do through their Aveda in this world. To reveal the Ebeshter's unity in the world by proclaiming Shema Yisrael, Hashem Lekein, Hashem Echad. Vaitu the Gemara says, Va'afu, Pasach V'dorash. Rabbi Lozab and Azariah continued in Darshan this following Pasach here. 
says, The words of Chachamim are like a goad, which is used to, to poke an animal to go forward in the, in the field to do his job. And like nails that are planted in the ground. They are gathering together. They gather together. Everything they teach is given from one shepherd. That's the Pasuk. This is the Pasuk in, uh, where is this, in Kehelas. So Gemara, he explained what this Pasuk means. What are, what are the words of Taita compared to Ledarva, to a goat? <laughs> to tell you, just like this goat, what is, the, what is the purpose of it? It directs the cow to go in the, in the road that has to go to do its work, to, to, to plow the field. And through the uh, plowing the field, it brings that the field will be planted and bring life to the world. So to the words of it also guides the ones that learn from a way that can lead you to death to a way that will lead you to life. So that's the beginning of the Pasuk. But then you would think like this, just like this gold, it's something that you can move around, you can, it's, it's maneuverable from here to another place. So you would think that the words of Taita are also sort of maneuverable and it could, you could change it around. Therefore the Pasuk says right afterwards, that the words of Taita is like a nail that's knocked in that you can't move it from its place. But then, if it's compared to a nail that's knocked into a place, you would think, just like a nail, that when you knock it into a wall, so then it makes a hole. Something is not lacking. It, takes, it, it makes a hole and it doesn't, there's no yeser. It doesn't, it doesn't bring, increase and add more. After the Taita, so to you think that through the words of Taita, it brings about a lack and it doesn't bring about to increase. Talmud Laima, therefore the Pasuk uses an unusual term regarding these nails, netuim, that these are nails that are planted. Why does he use this term? Just like when you plant the result is that it grows and it multiplies. So too, when a person allows the Taita to be banged into him, it doesn't cause any lack. The opposite, it brings about that the person should grow and multiply. Then the Pasuk says, ones that gather. What is this gathering? This refers to all the Tamid Chachamim, they sit in groups and groups, and they are learning Teireh. There are those that say that halach is its tome, and others argue and say that it's toir. Some say that it's prohibited, and others come and say it's permitted. Some say that it's possible, and others come and say it's kosher. These are the groups of the Tamid Chachamim that are learning and discussing together the words of Teireh. Shema Yoimar, Adam, now a person may say, Hey, Chani, Lomit Taira. How can I learn Taira? There's so many opinions that there are here. How am I, how am I going to understand the words of Taira? Mayata, from, from when I see this uh, situation. Talmud Loimar, so therefore the Pasik says, Kulom Nitnu Meraya Echad. It was all given from one master, from one shepherd. Kail Echad Nasnam, one God gave all these, these different opinions in Taira, and Parnas Echad Omran. And one parnas, one day, which is the provider, the one, the Novi that gave the Eden, it all comes from one place, from the Abish to the master of all, of everything in creation. Baruchu, the Abish should be benched, as the Pasik says, the Abish spoke all of these words. And Afata, so, so to you as well, when you learn the words of Teire, you should make your ears like a funnel that uh, that is in a mill. It has this funnel that huh? Mill hopper. A mill hopper they call it. Okay, that uh, it takes out the good 
it takes the good and it leaves out the bad. So you have to also figure out how to learn and hear the words of Taita and to take out what you need to. And you should acquire a heart, maven, a heart that will understand to hear the ones of the, the, the words of the ones that are metamim. You have to hear all the opinions in all sides. <laughs> but, but then you have to know how to take out from it. And So now, after Rabbi Yeshua heard this drasha of uh, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, right? this was all the, what they repeated to him, he said, Ein der yasim. Our generation is not a der, which is a yasim, which is like uh, without a father. Because you have Rabbi living in our generation and he's saying such beautiful things, so our der is not a der yasim. Now the Gemara asks, these two Tanoim, who was Rabbi Rabbi Chisma and Rabbi Yechina ben Breike, when they came to visit their teacher Rabbi Shua, and he asked them, what did you learn in the Bismedish? Why didn't they immediately answer him? Why did they, ha, ha, you had to ask them again until they finally told him? So they want to answer, they didn't answer him right away, because of something that happened in the past, and they were very hesitant to respond. Tanya, we learned in Abraisa, the story that happened was, Maisa Rabbi Yaisi ben Drumiskis, a story with Rabbi Yaisi ben Drumiskis. He also went to greet Rabbi Yezer, so this is not Rabbi Yeshua, I guess. He went to greet his Rabbi, Rabbi Yezer and Lut. And his Rabbi, Rabbi Yezer, said to him, What Chiddush was said in the Bismedrish today? So he told them as follows, Today in the Bismedrish they took account and they came to the conclusion that the area on the other side of the Yarden, outside of Eretz Yisrael, on the other side of the Yarden, which is the place of Amin and Moyev that Yidin conquered before they came into Eretz Yisrael, so that that area, the halacha of Shmita does not apply over there. And instead, you can eat the fruits and all the produce in the year Shmita, and you have to give Maiserani on the year Shemitah. Okay, which is, a, which is two Chiddushim here. Chiddush number one is that it's not part of Eretz Yisrael and Shemitah applies. And Chiddush number two is which Maiser do you give? Maiserani. Taisus points out here that on the sixth year they gave Maiserani. That's the Maiser you give on the sixth year. So you would think that on the seventh year, if you're going to have to give Maiser, it should be Maiser Shani. But no, they gave Maiserani. That was the Chiddush there. That's what he told his Rebbe. This was the Chiddush that they took account in the Beis Madrash and they instituted this. Amaloi, so his Rebbe Rabbi Rabbi Yezer, uh, responded very sharply about this. He said, Yaisi, my student Yaisi, pshoit yedecha, spread out your hands, vekabalei necha, and be ready to receive your eyes in it. In other words, you deserve to be blinded. Pashat yadav, he spread out his hands, vekibaleinov, and he received his eyes. It's, uh, whether it means literally or it's an expression, and he became blind. And then, it has a good ending, the story, don't worry. Then the Gemara says, Bacha Rabbi Yezer v'omah. Rabbi Leezer then cried and said, Sayyid Hashem Look, you see over here how the secret of the Abishter gets revealed to those that fear him. Ubrisa in his covenant, Laidiyam, he notifies them. And he said as follows, Oh, my Lord, you told Rabbi Yaisi, Go tell the people in the Mismedrish that took account and to institute that on the other side of the Yarden there's no Shemitah and they should give Maiserani. Tell them, Don't be concerned about this minion, about this, uh, that you took account to institute this, whether what you did is right or wrong, because the truth is, I already have this as a tradition from my Rebbe, Rabbi Yechenem Ben Zakkai, 
and he heard it from his teacher, and the rabbi, may rabbi, and his teacher heard it yet from his teacher. So from a very long time ago, this was already instituted this way. And that it's a hilchas el And this was already handed down from Meisha Misina that what? That ama mayav, that this area of ama inumayav, maestrin maestrani b'shviyas. That you give maestrani in the year Shemitah. Right, so in other words, this was the reason why he had a kepeda, why he was so bothered by what Rabbi Yaisi said, as if they, they are the ones that instituted this. This is a halach l'mayshemisina. This is already something that was handed down from, from Meishe Rabbeinu. And the Gemara explains, Ma'atam, what's the reason for this, why this is this way, that it's a halach l'mayshemisina, that this was handed down, that this is a, some take out this over here, that this halach l'mayshemisina. Okay, because it's not clear, because it seems like it was instituted in an earlier generation, not Mamash Halacha Lamashim Sinai. What's the reason for this? Because what happened was, When the Yidin came up, and the first time when they entered Darat Yisrael with Yeshua, so many, many different cities they conquered. But then, when they came up for the second base of Mikdash, the ones that came up the second time, they, they did not conquer all of those cities. And the reason is because here's the, here's the rule. The first time they came into Eretz Yisrael and they sanctified Eretz Yisrael, that sanctified those cities that they conquered for that time period. But the Kedusha that they sanctified then did not remain for the future. When they were expelled from Eretz Yisrael after the Chorbin, the Kedusha was removed. And then... And then what happened? They came back up to Eretz Yisrael the second time and they reconquered Eretz Yisrael and they re-sanctified the cities again. And that, when they re-sanctified the cities again, this is a sanctity that remains forever. But they left those cities of Amun and Moyav that were on the other side of the yard and they did not sanctify them again. Why not? In order that in those areas you shouldn't have to keep Shemitah there. It's not going to be part of the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. And during the Shemitah years, when there's very little produce in Eretz Yisrael, the poor people can go there and get Maiseroni to have what to eat during Shemitah. Okay, so Rashi of Ibrahim brings that is that again, the point is the first time they conquered Eretz Yisrael, it was Makat, it sanctified Eretz Yisrael, but it didn't remain. Second time, it remains forever. When Mashiach comes, we're not going to have to sanctify Eretz Yisrael again. But they specifically left out that area on the other side of the yard. And so in the time of Shemitah, there should be an area that you're allowed to plant. You should have produce for the poor people to eat from there. So that's the source of this. Now the Gemara concludes the story. Tana, we learned, after Rabbi Yeza calmed down about what happened here. Oma, he said, May it be the will of Hashem that the eyesight of Rabbi, of Rabbi Yezi should return to its place for Chazru. And the eyesight returned. Okay, so the story has a good ending. Okay, we'll stop over here.